Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. The U.S. men have three World Cup qualifiers coming up. Huge games against El Salvador, Canada, and Honduras. The first of those is two weeks from today in Columbus against El Salvador. Greg, let's talk about the roster. Bells, this roster has, like, for me, as many questions as the very first roster that we had going into the very first three-match uh, window. Like, there's just so many weird variables about the timing of this camp, uh, given where our player pool is. Both the domestic pool, we all know, has been off for for several months, and then also even the European pools in season, but still, like, by all manners of contrivance, have a lot of guys who have been off for, like, four to seven weeks. Yeah, it's it's not a normal, I mean, for those of you who don't follow this stuff, you know, super carefully, this is not a normal time to have a World Cup qualifying window. It's a special dispensation made by FIFA in response to the worldwide pandemic. Um and so it's it's a new kind of a new thing that everybody has to deal with. And yeah, like you said, a lot of players haven't played that much lately. And we'll get into that for sure. How I want to do two quick big picture questions. Um, how much do we trust Berhalter going into this camp, going into this uh, roster announcement? I assume it'll be sometime next week. How much do you trust him, Greg? <laughs> uh, I I mean, I don't have a ton of there's there's a lot of different like uh rooms in the trust house that we can kind of talk about right like in certain areas i trust him a lot in other areas i'm like oh man i don't trust what he's going to do with this rec room like he does he does a great job decorating uh, a bedroom uh the kids rooms all look yeah. great well appointed and then and then yeah. so in this in this room over here in the house like it's a disaster it's all it's all patterns on patterns on patterns so uh i don't know man it's it's a tough one to answer uh, I think he's going to get a lot of the big pieces right. Um, the John Brooks omission last ca- last camp even like calls into question those big piece uh, selections though. So I don't know, man. It's mm-hmm. I'm I'm he, he's he's inched much closer to like the Jurgen Klinsmann territory of like oh he he's totally willing to just throw a huge curveball in at the last second, right. And I think you made a good point a few days ago uh, privately about how um, he started, he was going to start Ariola in that, in that Costa Rica game in Columbus and only in a last second injury in the warmups gave Tim way the start. And Tim way of course was excellent in that game. Uh, most of the offense went through him and then he went on to have, you know, Tim way probably our most effective attacking player through the fall. Um, who might not, you know, might not have even gotten to start in games. Uh, we, we don't know that, but it, it's definitely a, an. For me, it felt like a really interesting sort of sliding door scenario to think about. Is like, is that Paul Ariola injury the actual most important event that has occurred in qualifying so far? Because it did put Wea in the game against Costa Rica. Uh, Wea was huge in the attack in that game. Um, that becomes the question. Then is without that. We can feel good. I, I feel good saying that Paul Ariola, had he played in that game, would have delivered like what he sort of always delivers, which is a consistent performance, which means mm-hmm. that he wouldn't. It seems unlikely he'd have done anything to remove himself from future lineups. Uh, so if he right. was the starter going into that game in, in Berhalter's mind, uh, you know, it's not like he would have had a catastrophic showing where then it's like, oh, we have to pull him. Even if we hadn't gotten a result, even if we draw against Costa Rica, it's like. Paul Ariola doesn't usually do things that you pin a loss on him, right? He just, right. he might, he might cost you at moments, but they're never huge moments. He never has huge catastrophic mistakes. That's sort of his value as a player. So it's like, if, right. if he just delivers his standard performance, he's probably not the guy who falls out of the lineup. So then if he starts against Mexico, the next window, uh, you know, we lose out on what was an incredible Tim way attacking performance against Mexico. Uh, and so, yeah, so you start wondering if, if there would have been like a points domino effect if Paul Ariola had actually not gotten injured in the pregame warmup. So Burhalter's not, you know, he's not out of the trust woods to, <laughs> to change the, to change the, um, metaphor completely from the house to the woods. But, um, 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't. It's hard for me to even imagine what the big curveball could be this in this window. But I guess there are plenty of possibilities. How how comfortable do you feel about World Cup qualification at this point? We're second in the we're second in the table, uh, behind Canada, uh, one point ahead of Panama and Mexico. And and for me, that still remains the the important thing. The dis- is how far are we ahead of the playoff? Uh, and so one point ahead of them isn't great, but I I still feel pretty good because. Uh, Panama have two very tough games coming up in this window. They play at Mexico and they play at Costa Rica. Uh, I will not feel comfortable if at the end of the window, Panama have taken nine points from their window. They have a home match <sighs> sandwiched in between. But that that just seems like, no, eventually Panama has to like regress to the, their mean and not just continue to like steal points, right? So that's where I, I'm I'm still nervous because we're still... If we have one hiccup somewhere, even a loss at Canada instead of like a draw, uh, and then Panama keeps this unworldly pace going, uh, then it's really then it's really nervous because our last window again, our our schedule is backloaded with difficulty because we are at Mexico and at Costa Rica in the last window. So we just don't want to go in there where, you know, Panama, even if they lose to us in that final window in in our home match against them, uh, can make the points back up with their home games while we are down in Costa Rica. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I put a little bit of hope in Jamaica who is visiting Panama in the middle of this window. Um, you know, they, they're a lot tougher to play against than they were at the beginning of the, of the, um, of the qualifying cycle, partly because of the, the introduction of Michaela Antonio, because not the introduction of him, but the, you know, his sort of integration into the team. Um, so I'm hopeful that they can steal some points from Panama too. And it's, that's totally reasonable, right? It's very like a Panama one point window here is totally possible. And at that point, like assuming we pick up our, our points at home, it doesn't matter. Like nothing else matters We're we're through. It's just, if Panama somehow, uh, like even if we get seven points, if Panama gets five, if they pull out, if they steal points from Mexico and Costa Rica, even one and win at home. Then it's still just just nervous enough that we're like still just that one hiccup away. Where if we draw them at home instead of beating them, uh, it's just it's really dicey. Yeah, it's nerve wracking. My my confidence is just based on not believing that Panama can just keep doing this. That they can just keep rattling off wins. Like it's that's got to be they're they're I think they're going to be running out of that uh, that point revenue. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope and pray for that. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, we should mention right off the top as we get into this roster that Tim Wea, Tim Weah appears to be injured with no clear timeline for get, getting back. Um, I mean, he's definitely injured. What appears is that there's no clear timeline for him to come back. And then we learned this morning that Gio Reyna is not in the plans for Dortmund this weekend, which it's starting to look like he's not going to be able to come to the states for the for this world cup qualifying window either so our two you know our second and third you know depending on how you slice it uh most effective attacking players on the wing are not going to be available for this window they might be our first and second most uh effective attacking players (laughs) on the wing well wherever they are they're they're two very important attackers uh we haven't had reina since the very opening our opener against El Salvador. Uh, so we've been able to, you know, piece things together without him fairly well. Uh, he, and there is still that pot. I'm still hold, holding out hope that he is in and for like the Pokal match that Dorman have in the midweek. And if he's, you know, if he's there, if he's on the bench, I feel like we would probably still bring him. Remember we brought Pulisic back uh, for that opening window. Um, despite the fact that he had not played for Chelsea in six weeks, whatever it was, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember now, but uh, we will bring guys in like the moment they're fit. So I, I'm still hopeful that we can, that we can get Reina in. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out just yet. Hopefully Marco Rosa doesn't uh, slow play his, his return. <laughs> I mean, if he's looking at, uh, if he's looking at the forecast for St. Paul, like we are every couple days, he's, <laughs> he's likely to be not very anxious to get him on the bench for one of these. That's games true. And you don't, window. you don't want those guys, hamstrings or quads anywhere near Hamilton, Ontario or St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. And then one more question before we get into the actual roster. How many, how many players do we need, do you think, for this camp? Because uh, let me sort of frame the question. 
there's there's pros to bringing a lot of players, and I guess there's there may be some cons to it, which we we could get into. There, I don't know what the pros are for not bringing a lot of players. I've kind of felt that way since the since the qualifying cycle started. But what do you think? How many how many do we need? Well, we're we're back to three games instead of two. Uh, the travel we've at least tried to minimize with the the locations of the matches we've chosen. Um, but I still think uh, I actually think because of the uh, the COVID implications, we should probably have more bodies on on like a little bit ready. Uh, and for me, that that just means like back to twenty seven or twenty eight guys. Uh, I think we we can do the job, especially assuming that we have balanced who those players are, not overloaded one position group and shorted another one which we've done in the past going into the Berhalter trust questions. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are you thinking? Are you, are you uh, wanting like a 35 man? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always, <laughs> in, I'm always in that camp. I mean, like, I guess the, the, the thing for me is I don't really care if somebody has to travel and not play. Like that's just, uh, that's just life. We're trying to, we're trying to qualify for the world cup and uh, you know, you're a national team player. Um, so I, you know, I, I would, I would certainly, on the side of a larger roster i wouldn't object i, I think there i think there are plenty of, of players i think there are, uh, we have a large number of players we could call in who who could help us do the job to have sort of on the ready yeah i, I say that but now i'm about to go into the weeds of how potentially they are not ready at all <laughs> because of fitness issues right and who who um yeah, we can get into it, but when you say that, I'm like, well, who in the midfield can help us do the job outside of Musa McKinney and Adams? It's it remains a it remains an unanswered question. <laughs> but let's start with the goalkeepers. Um, maybe we could talk about who's already in camp in this two week January camp, and then who's likely to be be joining from Europe, and and who who's been playing and who hasn't. Sure. So we've got in this camp, we've got Turner Johnson and Sonina. Uh, so Nina's the kid. Um, and obviously with all these MLS guys, none of them have been playing like their last Turner's last game was the playoff game from late November. Uh, so Nina wasn't playing in the playoffs. Uh, and Johnson won the cup. So he was playing late into the playoffs, but there's still no one's no one's in season. Uh, the problem with this, with our goalkeepers and trying to find someone who is match fit is that Zach Steffen also doesn't play soccer games for his club. Right. So he's only I think he's actually played the same number of minutes as Zach's as Matt Turner since November. And Sean Johnson probably has more than both of them, okay. which is just kind of nuts to think about. Yeah. But Johnson. So Johnson's oh, last Johnson's last game would have been the the MLS Cup. Right. You said that. Right. Um, Turner played 90 against Bosnia in the friendly, which if we're counting that like pads is total, but otherwise uh, they lost to uh, New York city in their opening playoff game. Okay. And then for Stefan. So you look at Stefan who's in season. Uh, he got 90 minutes on December 7th and he got 90 minutes on January 7th. And that's it. That's all. That's all he's done since the world cup qualifying window uh, since the Jamaica match. So we just don't have any goalkeepers who play consistently going into this window. Yeah. It'll be, I mean, it'll be Turner, Johnson, and Stefan as the goalkeepers for the window, right? And probably Stefan starts. Uh, I mean, if we're if we're trying to put ourselves in, trying to predict what Berhalter will do, I I imagine so. Yeah, that that seems real, realistic. And and the other thing is, as tedious as this is, this isn't like doomsday stuff. I don't know that anyone's gonna like just look completely out of it. Uh, I just know that. I feel like every year at January camp, once we've watched the game, which tends to be a slog, uh, sort of the first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth is like, okay, well, there's obvious rust because they're all out of season. Um, and so it's just a bit worrying because we're going to be fielding a bunch of guys who are a bit out of season. Yeah, I wonder if Burhalter will favor any Europe, like European fringe players over MLS players uh, for that reason. I well, well, yeah. Something we'll, tells we'll me some he candidates. won't. <laughs> I don't think he will either. But this is where we'll. And I don't know. I'm not even saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's an angle that could play out, uh, and we'll have some candidates here in this in this uh, exhaustive list of minutes played. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I think Turner Johnson 
Stefan, everybody can agree that those are the probably going to be the goalkeepers, and it's fine. Um, center back. Okay, so our, our MLS guys in this camp are just Miles, Zimmerman, uh, and Aaron Long. That's it, right? Yes. Uh, so we can be we can be pretty sure that like Kessler's not sneaking in here. He would have been in the he would have been on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh Burhalter has basically said that Aaron Long isn't going to be ready and then kind of gave a, a funny bit about or is he? Uh but I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. So we have Miles who played uh in the November window. Miles and Zimmerman both played in the November window. Uh, and then both played in a playoff game. Zimmerman played in two playoff games, but they've both been off since Thanksgiving. Um, Zimmerman played 90 against Bosnia. Miles didn't go to that camp. Right. These guys aren't match fit, right? Uh, on the European side, center back is actually where we have a ton of match fit guys. It's like the one position where we're we're doing pretty well. We've got Richards and Brooks, uh, Mark McKenzie, CCV and Ream have all been playing pretty much nonstop. Uh, I shouldn't say that. So McKenzie and CCV in particular have been off since late December. McKenzie's last game was December 19th. CCV's was December 26th. But they all still have games to play before the window. Do they? Is Belgian League back in action on this weekend? Yep, this weekend okay. they're all kicking off again. Okay. And CCV kicks off uh, Tuesday in a, in a match. They just, they're just off the weekend, but they play Tuesday again. So they're, they're back in the swing. Um, so we have all those guys who are going to be sort of ready to go but i think a lot of people at this point consider miles and zimmerman as the starters as the presumptive starters mm-hmm. do you do you think that just by just that curiosity we haven't talked in forever bells i feel I like it's been a while uh, on uh, on I, air so i think i think that that'd be my guess for how burhalter views it you know that they're the that they're the, that's the starting center back pairing just because he left brooks off the roster the last window kind of inexplicably like or at least the explanation was never very satisfying um so yeah i think for me it's i i'm I'm conflicted about it i i do think brooks has some limitations defensively obviously we've talked about that a million times but um i don't know against like a against a honduras as long as he has i mean against el salvador or honduras as long as he has uh, a Miles or a Zimmerman or a Chris Richards next to him to cover ground, I think it's fine. You know, we want we want somebody who can pass the ball like he can to to unlock this defense. That's going to be, you know, they're gonna they're gonna come in and they're gonna pack it in. I would think uh, in Columbus and St. Paul would not surprise me at all. Uh, Bells, you're again since we haven't talked on Aaron so long, you're gonna have to stop me if I've already said these. It's been a long time. I don't quite remember. Uh, but the thing that bugged me the most about the Burhalter post game, uh, interview with Warshaw after Jamaica was that like Warshaw asked him, uh, what we needed to do differently. And Burhalter just said, we needed to play more direct. And then it was just left there. Like they didn't do anything else on that. They switched into how we could have defended Honduras better, which incidentally, uh, I'm sorry, Jamaica better, which was even more frustrating after we didn't explore the, the, the other piece. Because it was sort of Warshaw going on to all these different scenarios we could have tried. And then Berhalter just at the end being like, yeah, but they just gave the ball back to us every time. Like the issue against Jamaica is very much what we did with the ball, not what we did against the ball. And John Brooks is exactly the center back you need if you want to try to do things with the ball. Uh, so he he's a guy who I think would definitely help us in this window in a lot of different scenarios. So I'm really hoping to see him. He is playing matches. Um, so, yeah, so... You gotta imagine, even if he, even if Berhalter's reluctant to bring him in for whatever reason he has for that, um, that the the match fitness and his ability to pass the ball has to, has to push it over the line. He's he's gonna be in this camp. You gotta imagine. I think so. I think I think the rationale offered for the last uh, for leaving him out last window, like I get the rationale, even if I disagree with it. In that uh, against Mexico, we wanted the the like full speed ahead center backs. To, to help with our pressing. So I really mean full speed ahead, like being able to step up high uh, and, pr- and press like crazy um, and being left in island scenarios at times. Mm-hmm. And we saw that play out where they were defending on islands quite a bit. Um, and that's not where you want John Brooks. Um, and then playing on the road against Honduras, uh, against Jamaica, like I can see not being crazy about starting him there. Uh, it's just, you know, once the game was played, starting, once the game was 
in progress against Jamaica, that's where it was like, oh, this is where we definitely need John Brooks. Uh, but I don't think those rationales apply in this window because it's three games instead of two. We've got two home games against weaker opponents. Uh, these these teams, Honduras and El Salvador, playing in the U.S. are not going to take the game to us the way Mexico would try to do. We are going to enjoy a ton of the ball. And, and so, yeah, I think that those rationales just don't apply. If Brooks is left off at this point, I really do think it's just a matter of like some kind of friction between Burhalter and Brooks. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so but just to just to sort of your point, like this is the big question for me is how much Burhalter values sort of the depth chart standing if he really has Miles and Zimmerman as as his starters over that match fitness because how high ahead of their competition do they need to be if they're starting 2 months cold over guys who are you know going to be playing some Bundesliga games this weekend. Yeah. And we say, I mean, I say I I don't fully trust him, but I I would not be shocked if Against El Salvador, it was Brooks and Richards starting the starting the game. Like that, I think Berhalter's somewhat unpredictable on this kind of thing. Um, so who so who would you bring? Uh, who are, who are your four center backs then, or five? Oh, I'm bringing five. Remember, okay. it's a it's a big camp. So I'm I'm kind of going down. I am bringing Miles and Zimmerman. I'm certainly not leaving him off. Uh, I'm bringing Richards, Brooks, and I think I'm saying CCV just because I like McKenzie. Uh, I think McKenzie was kind of brought in as a camp guy last window to not play. I think Berhalter almost said as much. Uh, but I feel like it'd be good to get CCV integrated. No, maybe other people are just like, well, he he has no role to play in this in this qualifying window or in this uh, campaign at all. Uh, I just kind of want to test him out. And I feel like being the fifth center back in a window is a good way to do that. Okay, I mean, I'm I'll be fine with CCV over McKenzie. I think it's between those two, right? Um, uh, Tim Ream, Tim Ream could storm back into the picture. He's because he's a great camp guy too. It, it seems like. Bring them all. Bring them all. All seven. <laughs> no, CCV is a long shot. Like I don't. I think CCV for me is like in the Dwayne Holmes camp of like, oh, I'd be interested in seeing this. It's not going to happen, right? It's McKenzie. It's going to be, be McKenzie. McKenzie. Yeah, it's going to be McKenzie. And I'm not. I'm not mad about Mark McKenzie being in camp. I like Mark McKenzie a lot. Yeah. Okay, so we've handled uh, goalkeeper and center back. Let's move to fullbacks. So we, we've got three in camp right now. We've got Bello. We've got uh, Brooks Lennon. Looks Brennan. What is it? <laughs> Looks Brennan is what it is. Looks Brennan. And we've got Dewan Jones, uh, who Burr Halter has described as a surprise, right? Is that yep. the word he used? Yep. Um, which, if I don't know, I don't know what, it's hard to know what Burhalter means by that. It could just mean like, oh, it's pleasantly surprised, but we're still just going to, you know, send you home and good luck next season, Dewan. Like, uh, or it could be, yes, he's he's going to be in camp. We really like him. And this is, if that's the case, if it's the second scenario, like this is what I feel like we don't do enough of. We we don't give ourselves enough of a chance to be pleasantly surprised by some players, specifically in areas that we need to be surprised with, like left back. Like center mid, center mid especially. And center mid is uh, the the guys in the camp right now are sort of a, a bunch of retreads, with the exception of Georgie Mihailovic and I guess Cole Bassett's not really a retread. He's a a recent addition to the pool. But well, let's go back to fullback. Sorry, but sorry everybody. <laughs> um, so so those three guys again, the MLS guys, of course, haven't played since since November. Uh, Anything else on those guys that you think is is meaningful? Uh, we I mean we talked about Dewan Jones a little bit on the Monday review. Um, he's he's uh, he's fast. He's uh, he's two footed. He seems to be a responsible and effective defender and 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 okay going forward. Right, like not not fantastic, but good enough. Yeah, and, and again, in these troubling left back times, like that can be that can get you onto the roster. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I guess so. For me, it's Rob, obviously Robinson and Dest are are locks, and Dest is not playing for Barcelona right now, and hopefully is is moving to a, a city in the south of Germany soon. Uh, <laughs> Dest hasn't played since December eighth. So he's been Oof. off. He'll be. He'll have been off for like eight weeks. These are like. This, that's not, an off season. I did not realize you know it was I mean? that long. He's he's been in training, but he and he's only he only played a couple of times uh, before he stopped playing too. So he's got a hundred forty minutes since the. Uh, I think that actually might be yeah since uh, the November window, but it's just 
he's not playing. Yeah, and he wasn't even in the November window. Um, and then uh, Yedlin, Yedlin's been playing a lot, right? Yeah, Yedlin's racking up minutes, although <laughs> he's been off since December 18th, so he'll be looking at like six weeks uh without a game and it's and that is actually coach's choice because he just has not gotten on the field in their last four games uh there's speculation that he's on that he's like got a transfer coming up but you know if if that was already determined it seems weird that it's it would still be going on uh because again he, he hasn't played since middle of december so if they already knew he was gone i don't know why they'd be waiting till the end of january to actually ship him off and that's weird because he was a pretty much a lock starter for most of the fall as that'd be a uh, strange for him to, to oh, yeah. fall out of favor. He squeezed so. like he squeezed like six games into the into the break between November between Jamaica between the window and when he when he got benched in mid December. So he played a ton of minutes and then just benched. There could there could be other things. I don't know if there's like injuries that don't always show up, but he's been on the bench available, just just not playing. Hmm. Um. Scally Vine, vines and Scally have yeah, both vines and Scally uh, Scally and vines. I guess if you want to put them in the order of likely call-ups uh, they've both been off since mid December as well. So they're looking at five weeks, six weeks without, without playing. So this is where it's just, even our European guys are, could be, could be looking a little bit rusty here, but I imagine Scally will be in the lineup for Gladback this weekend. He was out last weekend for a red card, right? Or, no, I think Suspension? he was. I think he was COVID protocols. Oh, okay. And I don't know if he had it or if he was just exposed, but I believe that's what he was uh, out of the lineup for. So he's got a game this weekend. He's got a midweek cup match and then another game on the weekend. So three chances to get shake some of that rust off. Hopefully, yeah. If 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 those three matches are anything like all the matches last fall, he's going to play. <laughs> um. So yeah, I feel okay. We got Reggie Cannon. Reggie Cannon uh, has been playing right center back in a three-man uh, back back line, right? That's right. So that's kind of interesting. He's started three games in uh, the last couple of weeks. That is interesting. I don't know what what are the implications of that for the national team. I mean, he's not going to play center back for us. I wouldn't think so, right? Like <laughs> we just had Walker Zimmerman zoom up the depth chart, uh, adding so adding another sort of quality player there. We got Aaron Long working his way back. I don't think Reggie Cannon. I mean, I don't know. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I'm not swearing anything off ever. But are you? Are you? Uh, I haven't. I have to admit, that? I haven't watched much of his clips over the last couple months, so I'm not. I'm not following him closely. But um, I don't. I don't believe he'll be in the camp. I guess. All right. So who are your fullbacks in this? In this? Uh, once the official camp begins. Um. Dest, yeah, Dest, Yedlin, Scally, Robinson. Yeah, sure, Jones. Should throw Jones in there. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be a really fun story. Uh, so I'm hoping for that too. I mean, it pretty much it pretty much writes itself the fullback selection, right? And, and yeah, it'll it'll probably be Vines, but uh, Vines instead of Jones. I that's my guess, but I would much rather have Jones to just try to like just try it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, midfield. He's not going to play. Anthony should play all three games. Anthony's used to the championship grind. He can play three games. Yeah. He's made for, for this kind of scheduling. And Destin Yedlin can split the time on the on the right. Maybe Ye- maybe Yedlin versus Canada. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking too, right? Well, maybe wait until we see the forecast for St. Paul and <laughs> Hamilton. Give, give Yedlin the colder game. Yeah. All right, in the midfield. Who's who's been playing? Who's uh, who's not been playing? I'll tell you one guy who's been playing: Weston <laughs> James Earl McKinney. Yeah, I didn't even put him on this on this list. I didn't need to do any research on him. He's playing constantly. He's amazing. He's he's in our lineup. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if he plays two hundred seventy minutes in this window. Yeah, I would. I would. I would auger for it. That'd be my vote. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't do Adams either because he's also playing. And uh, again, he's he's gonna probably play uh, all available minutes. Um, come to, come qualifying, the guys in camp right now. It's a weird hodgepodge. So we've got uh, Legette and Acosta and Roldan as sort of the staples. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then we also have uh, Yule back again, who we just, just you know, you can't, he, he's just so re- resilient. He's going to keep coming <laughs> back to these camps. <laughs> I just laugh. Like, again, he, he should accept every call up he gets. It's an amazing experience for any player. But I'm just like picturing him like hanging out near the near the training ground where the coaches are are selecting the rosters. Like, hey, I'm still I'm still here, and they're like, ah, oh, he's already here. Let's just he can he can stay. Come on he in, Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> it's good for him. Uh, and then we've got Georgie, uh, which is strange to me because he's I don't know that Georgie is really a center midfielder. He's been more of a wing. He was he, his successful season in Montreal was mostly on the wing, right? Or as like a a, a half space merchant. Do you get tired yeah. of saying half space merchant? Just, uh, just a, uh, little. Have a little style book question for you. Yeah. Yeah. But what do we, what do we need? Do we need to, it needs to, it needs to evolve, right? Yeah. Just in the language. Or we could just, we, we could just, you know, say it in a less interesting way. The mostly <laughs> he's a, he's a guy who tucks in and, and play makes from wide. I've been starting to call him like more of just front three players. Or is he a center mid or is he more of like a front three guy? Because I feel like in the modern game, that's just sort of what we're evolving to is like you're either part of the real engine room or you're you're up ahead of him just doing the fancy attacking stuff. But it but you also have to do a ton of defending because that's how it works nowadays. Yeah. Well, you're, you're in charge of the dictionary. You're in charge of the dictionary. So. All um, right. Well, I'll All right. say I'll call him a front three player. Not as not a center mid. So digression over, uh, Georgie's, Georgie's, Georgie's listed as a center mid, even though that's not really what he's been doing for his club. So that's the question of what, what Berhalter sees him as and whether he'll play there or not for us and, or whether he'll be in the final group at all. Do you, do you see it happening? Mm, I don't know. Probably not, but, uh, but you know, if if we don't have Wea and Reyna and and Georgie is showing Berhalter something as a as a tucked in winger, as a tucked in winger, uh, it could happen. I mean, it's not going to be Dwayne oh. Holmes, you know. Ah, uh, why'd you have to say it? He's on my list. I've got his minutes posted up there, a little higher. <laughs> that's the, that's the issue, though, right? So you're going to bring in Georgie, who's sort of on the fringe. I know we just said we want Dewan Jones in, which is the same thing. But you got Georgie, who's sort of on the fringe. But but he hasn't played in in forever. So like, what are we doing here? How are we gonna How are we gonna gauge him at all? And then he comes in, and if he doesn't look good, it's like, all right, well, we didn't really put him in a chance. We didn't really give him a chance to succeed here. I think we can. I think we can comfortably speculate without saying anything, without saying anything conclusive, that there may be some personal friction on that front too. You know, I mean, that's been speculated a lot of places or talked about in various ways, but. It, otherwise, it doesn't make any sense that Holmes just doesn't even get a look for a year and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like resigned to that at this point because yeah, it makes like, way more sense than just like being left out in favor of some of the guys that have gotten called up, even in European specific camps. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sticking with center midfielders, so we have some European guys who are in season who seem like they would be ready then to do this. In addition to obviously McKenney and Adams. And I, I haven't said Musa yet because Musa actually has not played very much. Uh, he finally got a start again against Real Madrid, uh, I think because there's an injury to a uh, the regular starter. Is that is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, he's played and some so cup, I think some it, cup matches, and he comes off the bench pretty regularly. Yeah, he well he had he has 98 minutes against uh, top flight teams since the November window. That's it. Is that right? That's it, man. Uh, he only has 345 minutes total since November window. And three of those appearance, like uh, 200 of those minutes were in cup matches. And one of those games was against the sixth tier team. Uh, another one was a fourth tier team. And then they just played a Segunda team in the cup. So they haven't played a first division team in the cup yet. And those are his only starts. So he's, he's barely playing, but he's match fit. I mean, you, you, you would have to say, right. I mean, he, he comes in and plays a cup match for 90 minutes. He's match fit. I, I think so. I'm, I'm going to, I'm considering a match, but he, again, he started against Madrid and went 65 uh, over the weekend. I assume he will, they've got three more games before the window. And I think that injury uh, is, is going to put, keep Musa in the lineup for all three. So uh, I'm not really worried about his fitness. It's just, I just still think it's an interesting, almost like a trivia thing that Musa, uh, despite everyone sort of considering him a massive part of our lineup now 
is a 18 year old kid who's not really playing for his club or yeah. wasn't was barely playing for his club it seems like a case of him i mean I don't know as much as his manager, obviously, but it just seems like they, they, he's not used properly, or maybe he just doesn't fit that what that team is trying to do because he's so valuable to the U.S. Um, and it's I it's hard for me to imagine him being on a team where they're like, no, nah, we don't need somebody who can like be absolutely ball secure and progress possession basically whenever he wants um, on our team. I don't know. Or maybe it's just easier to do that in CONCACAF matches than we really let ourselves believe. Oh, no. Like maybe you just can't do that. The things that he's doing aren't, you can't do them as well in La Liga. I don't know. Well, he doesn't do, he doesn't do that much in the final third. That's, that's kind of, that's how he is both for the national team and for, and for his club. So I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's weighted more strongly at Valencia. So but Musa's going. Musa's going to be in, oh, yeah. in. He's obviously coming to camp. Uh, the other guys we've got Busio who's playing regularly. We've got uh, uh, Tanner Tessman who's playing pretty regularly. I don't know where he stands on Berhalter. I think Berhalter likes him, uh, but I don't know. I don't know how close he's going to be to a call up. And this is where it'll be interesting. Of Berhalter, I think does like him. Plus, he's actually playing games. He's got like 400 minutes in the last month. Uh, two more games to go before the window. Do you think Tessman gets a call here? Hmm. Uh, I don't, again, again, I don't know, but, um, I feel kind of ambivalent about him to be honest. Like, uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see like, I don't see that he is excellent at any one thing, uh, for Venezia. Busio is excellent at like being tidy on the ball. Um, but Tessman's not excellent at that he's okay he's okay i don't know do you feel strongly about tessman like it's it's a one of those where i actually strongly want him to be in camp but it's just for fun so i won't be mad if he's not how's that like, okay. like oh that'd be fun uh so i i feel like with our the two home games we have i feel like it'd be a good place where we could bring him in if we're if we're again light on uh number eight options certainly light on number eight options who are in any way like playing soccer uh, so I'm, I'm kind of hopeful, but, uh, I'm not going to be shocked at all when his name isn't on the list. Yeah. I mean, I, I would want, I want him in camp cause I want, you know, everybody in camp, Musa, McKinney, <laughs> Adams, Busio, Tessman, and Luca De La Torre. And, uh, you know, bring in Alex Mendez while we're at it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so Luca's playing, Luca had been playing, Luca played a ton of games. Uh, again, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, seven games in that span, but then they, he's been off since Christmas. So, uh, he's got two games coming up. They resume this weekend, maybe midweek. I don't remember. It's this weekend, um, I think. Yeah. Okay. So they've got two games, uh, ahead of the window, but he's been off for a month. Um, but I think, I think he's back in because we're back to three games. I think his omission last window was in part because, uh, Berhalter felt like he could keep a tighter line, a tighter roster with the two games instead of three. Uh, my guess is Luca's back. I don't think we do see Tessman. Okay. And Mendez, that's a great poll. He's he's played like ten of Vitzelo's last eleven games, right? Or has he played in like all eleven? Started started in like nine of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but he's I think he's started ten games this season in all comps, something like that, and and he's played in every game since the beginning of October. And uh, you know, you and I have both watched some of his clips. He is. I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not like calling for Alex Mendez to be like, he must be called up for this camp. I'm just saying like, at this point he plays for a Portuguese side that is not in the relegation zone. He's a regular player for them. Started regular a, starter. Yeah, yeah. Regular starter at this point. I think he's, he's, and he's, he's playing center mid. He's a starting center. Mid. He's, they're not, they're not sticking him on the wing to like limit his involvement in the engine room. He's, he's their center midfielder now. Yeah. Kind of like if you, if you're watching McKenney at Juventus, he does, you know, he does pull out wide sometimes and do stuff, but, but yeah, he's a, he's a midfielder. And, um, and he's, I think the thing that's most interesting to us is he, he's, he's getting like tougher in the tackle. Like he's getting, he's getting stuck in. And, uh, that was, that was like the knock on him, uh, you know, two years ago, year ago, even. No, it's it's really ironic. I think I may have said this last time we recorded, but he's getting much more stuck in. He's bulldozing some people, 
he's not actually like delivering a lot of incisive passes. He's not hitting like the the really pretty passes that we that we really enjoyed at like the U twenty World Cup or that we watched when that you spotted when you were watching him playing uh, as he was coming up. So uh, he's he's like shifted the other way at this point, and he's just doing a lot of like trying to do a lot of the dirty work. And we're I'm waiting to see that next step where he combines that uh, silky left foot that he's got. Yep. Yeah. I think he's, you know, you can see his class, you can still see his class on the field. Like he, he has moments of class and he, he plays, he, you know, as Cruyff would say, he plays the right pass at the right time to the right foot of his teammates, generally speaking. But yeah, he's not, he's not hit. He's not hitting those like hero passes that we came to love at the U20 world cup. You know, maybe that's a, maybe that's just a, a part of development, you know, take a break from the hero passes a little bit and then sort of <laughs> slowly the reincorporate things. them. Yeah. All right. So what midfielders are you bringing? All, all, all of them, all of them. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I don't feel strongly about Testament. I'm not going to be mad if he's there. I'm not gonna be mad if he's not. Um, I feel like we're gonna see Busio. It's, it's, he just feels like he, Busio is one of Berhalter's guys at this point. Um, I would. I really do want to see Luca Della Torre. By the way, uh, we have an interview scheduled with him on Monday, so look for that. I don't. Oh, nice. You know, sometimes these things fall through, so who knows? But that's the. It's on the schedule for both of us. Um, and uh, so yeah, McKinney, Musa, Adams, Luca, Busio. Um, I, I expect Legette and Roldan to be in this camp as probably as midfielders probably listed as midfielders that's not what i that's not what i necessarily want but i, I expect that to happen and then of course i do i do think acosta should be there as a backup six um and anybody else that no i don't think so i think that's it all right i'm i'm hoping for mma i'm hoping for buzio and luca and then acosta and tesman uh i feel again because this camp could be there could be some like this could be a real chance. I'm not saying like that I'm guaranteeing this or that I'm even really expecting it. I'm just saying it is at least a possibility here that we could have some of our first like real garbage time minutes uh where we could be we could potentially be cruising in some of these home games uh where there is an opportunity to be like all right, we're going to we're going to throw Testament out there. We're going to take Adams off and throw Testament out there for 20 minutes cuz we're 4-0 up. Not saying that like I'm taking our opponents lightly out of all of the realm of like possible outcomes, if you're going to say that four zero games are possible, this would be like one of those games. Yeah. Two of these games. What would be, what's the, what's the dividing line between Adams came off early enough in this game. Therefore he can play, he can start against Canada. Like is if he comes off at the 60 minute mark, can he, can he go against Canada three days later? Well, it'll it the gameplay itself matters too, right? So it's not just the minutes. If it's a track meet back and forth and back and forth, that's going to matter. I don't think it'll be like that. I think it, you know, you think about that Bosnia game and how like slow it was. The it's a friendly, but uh, you know, how much we just sort of had the game. Even even the Canada game where we played uh, uh the home match against Canada in the qualifier, it wasn't a track meet, Super right? Slow, so yeah. Yeah, so you're exerting way less energy uh in that game. So I I definitely think like uh, it wouldn't, I, I don't think it's impossible at all for some of these guys to see, uh, three starts because of how much I expect us to control the, the game, the bookend games. Mm. And and it's really just going to be like in that Honduras match on the third, third match day. Uh, can we, can we contain a leash Albert leash or is he going to run? Is he going to have like a lot of chances to run downhill at us? Yeah. Yeah, I really want to see uh, the Musa McKinney Adams trio start all three games. Really, I know that's probably not realistic, but uh, I, I, if I if I know one thing about this team, it's I know I want that. <laughs> well, keep in mind Adams is still one yellow card away from a suspension. Oh yeah. Well, if we have to replace one of them, I think he's Acosta for him is the one that <laughs> is the change that uh, seems like it brings the most continuity um all right all right well i uh th- that's my midfield and i've got uh rolled on I, I don't consider a midfielder anyway uh and then i've got a i've got a little legit twist for later so well let's do the legit twist we're doing the 
We're doing the wingers now. All right. I feel like if Legette has a place on this team, and I, I don't really care one way or another if he's if he's in this group or not uh, for the camp, but I feel like Burhalter will have him. I'm I'm kind of surprised that as much as we've seen him kind of flounder at center midfield, that Burhalter hasn't at any point shifted him over to one of the half space merchant roles. Uh, that's where he looked very good doing the the similar job in that Canada game way back in 2019, where he sort of like reemerged as a key person on the team. Um, and so he's just, he played that number 10 role against Canada. Uh, and in that game, he had Jordan Moore sort of as a sideline hugging left winger mm. with Tim Ream staying home behind him. Uh, so, so Legette was basically playing that role and he was very effective. And then from that game on, he got stuffed back a line playing central midfield and he has not quite like looked as effective since. So I'm just, if we're going to keep him in the group, I feel like he's better served being like depth as a, as one of those wide tucked in winger, half space merchant inside wingers. Is that all the, are those all the names we can give them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Burhalter thinks about that. Cause, um, cause I, I, I feel like chances are Legette's going to legit, legit could easily get a start in the midfield in this window for, uh, you know, from Burhalter. I like your twist. Well, that's my I'm twist. Just saying, that's my, uh, that's yeah. my legit twist. Other wingers. Like, I'd rather see Legette out there than than Roldan. If we're if we're having to get into our depth because of you know some of the injuries we're dealing with, yeah, that's that'd be my preference. Well, so like other other winger options, like we said, Reina and Wea are are out. Uh, almost, it's not for sure, but it seems that way in Reina's case. Uh, and then can I can I do a little Wea rant that I didn't notice until today when I was digging up all their minutes? Yeah. So I kind of want to blame uh, Lille's manager for Wea being out right now. Uh, he played in the November window. He started both our games. Uh, the last game was on a Tuesday against Jamaica. And then he played 90 minutes that Friday. Like he flew to France and played 90 minutes immediately on Friday. Mm. Uh, and then played another 83 minutes the following Tuesday. And then subbed in on the following, on that coming Saturday. And then started again on Wednesday. So like he just was, I feel like he was overused. And it's not surprising that he had a muscle injury. That's really disappointing. So I'm fu- I was fussy when I was looking at those minutes. I was like, oh man, give the guy one, one like weekend to recover. Yeah. Whoever you are coaching Will. I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Whoever he is, he's a idiot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. Cause we don't like, like I said earlier, we don't even know when he's coming back at this point. No, I haven't seen anything about it. All right. So Pool Six though. Pool Six is gonna be there. Pool Six playing regularly uh at a variety of positions. Mm-hmm. We can use them wherever we need to. Yeah, and then the question of course with Pulisic is gonna be how how do we get the most out of him and and not have it just be um him trying to make an and one mixtape the whole time. <laughs> uh so I'll I'll I'm 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 watching for that. I'm I'm watching closely for that. Who else do we have? Aronson. Aronson hasn't, I can't remember if you said this already, but he hasn't played, he hasn't played since early December, December 11th. The snow falls, the snow falls earlier in Austria than in the rest of Europe, I guess. (laughs) And he he won't have a competitive match uh, under his belt before this window. No, I was, I was half hoping that he'd be in the, in the extended camp, but it didn't happen. I know Salzburg are playing some friendlies. I think, I think there's a fun Salzburg, uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they play young boys. I think there's this fun U S friendly coming up here. Yeah. I said that has two of the guys. I saw, I think it is. I think it is young boys actually. Don't quote me on that. So, <laughs> but yeah. So Aronson's probably next up. Obviously Aronson and Pulisic, I think would be the presumed one and two with rain with Reina and Wea out. Uh, I got to imagine Ariola then is Burhalter's next favorite as, as we know, Burhalter rates him really highly, but Again, Ariel. So Ariola's in camp now. We should we should have done the camp guys, huh? Ariola, Jordan Morris, and is that about it for wingers? I think so. It depends what you consider Ferreira. Yeah, and it depends what you consider Georgie. Yeah, unless you know, unless something very revel- revelatory happens in this camp that's going on right now that we, that we don't know about. It's gotta be Ariel and Morris who join Pulisic and Aronson. 
as uh, as wingers for this final roster. And then, you know, if the if Berhalter does the legit twist and and plays him as a as a winger or you know thinks of him as a winger, that would make five. You don't. So you don't think Conrad or Nico are going to sneak in here as a as sort of the in season players. I don't. No, I don't think they are. Maybe Conrad. Maybe Conrad. And we've but and probably we've, not. Uh, we've given up on the Dwayne Holmes call up. Yes, sadly. Mm-hmm. I it's it's a tough day. Every every time I still I can't actually give it up. I still have him on all my roster sheets, and I still watch all his involvements after every match. He's scrappy, man. What is it you say about him? He has uh he has he's a leverage merchant or something like that. Yeah, he's absolutely a leverage merchant. He's got great balance. So that's gonna be I, I you know I what's the what's the what's your feeling on Morris? Is he? I thought he you know he was rusty maybe against Bosnia, but he did some things that he would be able to repeat against a team like El Salvador, or Honduras. Created a little danger. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with Morris, uh, I feel like his strengths lend themselves well to like powering through rust because he is kind of that like bulldozer winger. Yeah. Uh, so if if he's on, the, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be mad at any of these guys. If Reyna and Way are out, like there's no two replacements that are gonna be like upsetting to me. Uh, it's it for me, it's kind of like a grab bag of replacements at that point. So, um, if it's Morris, we'll just be excited to see if he can if he's anywhere close to the, to the uh, effectiveness that he was prior to his injury. And I guess it's, we're going to have to hope that he is because <laughs> the, as much as I'm like saying, we could cruise four zero, we could also be struggling uh, late in a zero zero game. Did you not think he was close to his effectiveness uh, in that Bosnia game? Or is it just, I did not think so. No, I thought, I thought maybe there was a little bit of like uh hopefulness uh, in like uh creeping into some of the assessments of him. Like he did a couple of things where he maybe like shook a guy for like half a step out wide, but not really in a dangerous situation. So I didn't think, no, I really didn't think he did too much that I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's going to be something that's going to come in handy in January. Mm. Okay. It felt, it felt a lot more like a stepping stone towards fitness than he's there. He's ready. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't done the background research on the left back he was up against. So it could have been, that guy could have been like terrible, but it did seem like he, he, uh, he beat him a couple times, beat him two, three times, but I, I don't want to argue about it. Um, <laughs> so Morris, so Morris, you're sort of ambivalent about, or you don't even, you don't even have him in your roster. I don't, I don't have him in the group, or, but it's again, mainly like fitness issues. If he's, if he's fit and he's dominating camp or just like not huffing and puffing in camp, like, uh, throw him in there again, names out of a hat for me after Pulisic and Aronson. Okay. Well, names take, show us who the names out of the hat are. Sh- sh- so then <laughs> Conrad, I've got Conrad, Nico, Morris, Ariola, uh, Dwayne Holmes is, is always going to be in my hat. And then I threw Sebastian Legette's name in this hat rather than sentiment hat. But that's also contingent on like, has he sort of bounced back from what was uh, a really like downward uh, trend of performance yeah. from the end of 2020, 2021, I'm sorry. Capped off with that, again, that match against Panama and Panama City was, which was, I think his last, definitely his last start. Maybe his last appearance? Yeah, he hasn't been on since then. He hasn't played for the national team since then. All right, let's go to striker. Here we go. Um, now, Ricardo Pepe is blessedly with a club in Europe, so now he's playing. You know, he played 30 minutes over the last weekend, and um, he's not going to be in that same situation where he he wouldn't have played for, you know, 90 days or whatever it would have been because Dallas didn't even make the playoffs. So he's at least... You know, he's likely to get on the field again this weekend for Augsburg. Um, he's coming, right? He's the has to be, has to be, and in part because the other options are. I mean, if we're going to bring three strikers, 
we don't have three who have been playing. We have Sergeant and Peafock are the only two who are playing. So uh, we're bringing if we're if we bring three, we're bringing at least one more who's not playing. And my guess is uh, we could bring three strikers who are not playing. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. So why? Um, so who who are you bringing besides Pepe? Well, we've got Zardas and Ferreira in camp now, right? Yeah. Uh, and they both played against Bosnia. Ferreira played more of like a played a winger with Pepe ahead of him, and then Zardas played uh, the final thirty at striker. So Ferreira was playing like shadow striker, his sort of free role in the on, off the wings. Uh, and that's who I'm I'm hoping to see Ferreira again, just because I really like him and I just want to see more of him in action. Uh, and after that, if it's Ferreira and Pepe, I don't really care. Weren't you? It's really fickle too. Yeah. Well, the, my my not caring is fickle. Like I kind of want to see DK, but if uh, if if he's not doing much for West Brom, like he hasn't played in forever, then let's bring Pfock. Yeah, and DK has not played yet for West Brom. Um, I'm not sure what the n- latest news on him this weekend is, but did did you were you bothered or um, given pause at all by the by what I thought was a not fantastic performance from Ferreira in that? in that Bosnia game or you think like if he gets played as a nine, then he'll be, he'll be just fine or better than he was as a half space merchant. Uh, I was, I mean, I'm giving a little bit of pause, but uh, I just really think that Ferreira still adds like a different type of play from the nine. And I think he's good enough at it. And even in the Bosnia game, we saw instances of, of what that can be. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally open for it again. I've, I've sort of been saying any striker uh, is going to be worth a look compared to any of the other strikers we have. So my, it's just like a personal preference and it's almost just an aesthetic Ferreira is so smooth that I just enjoy watching him. So that's, that's my, my tiebreaker. Yeah. He is a, he's a lock picker. You gotta get, you gotta admit that about him. Even if you don't like the way he plays. Um, which, Are there people who don't like the way? Ferreira yeah, I plays? don't know why I said that. I like the way he plays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, um, what about Sergeant, new father? Uh, congratulations to him. Is he? Where is he in this? He just goal? goes in the hat for me. I know. I know there are tons of people who just can't like can't fathom calling a guy who doesn't score. Uh, but uh, like, we could be looking at our starting striker in the same boat if Pepe. Uh, like has to deal with Augsburg's attack and, and like try to carry it himself. I don't know that Pepe's going to lead that attack to a bunch of goals uh, over the second half of this season. So that's just, that's one of the difficulties of jumping into a league that might be uh, too big for you. Or if the league's not too big for you, the team that you're on isn't going to put you in a position to do anything. And I, I'm not trying to like make excuses. I don't know if Sergeant's ever going to be anything. Uh, but I just I don't I don't know that he's not either, just based on what we've seen from the teams he's been trying to do it for. Yeah. Well, Pifak is not has not been playing a lot lately either. Right? Right. Yeah. Just just his team's been off since since December nineteenth. So he's been off for a month as well. They just started, got back into friendlies, but you know, those friendlies are against like just any any I mean, it's kinda like what the US is doing. I think they're playing like Grand Grand Canyon University. So <laughs> Like, I, I think that is one of their games, isn't it? Is that right? I didn't know that. In this camp, they're playing some friendlies against just any teams who are within 30 miles of you. So, uh, you know, limited limited uh, utility there in, in how much uh, fitness PFOX can be building up. So, again, just he's another name in the hat. I know, I know, like, it probably doesn't go over well when I'm just like, yeah, pick anybody. Like, our shows are <laughs> not super opinionated in that sense. Yeah, opinionated about some stuff and not about other stuff. I guess I just wonder if Sergeant could sneak in, uh, and the the rationale would be, hey, he's he's really struggling for a bad Norwich side, but like he's a he's a Premier League str- regular starter in the Premier League, um, like he deserves to be in this camp. Um, I mean, we know he's you know he's pretty good in at doing some of the things we need our striker to do. Like he's good at coming back, dropping in and, you know, cooking a little bit. He's not that good at scoring goals. Um, either, uh, when you talk about top, top line stats or underlying stats, but, um, I mean, who is for us? <laughs> That's going to be the big question. We're still waiting to answer before, before November. 
Uh, Zardes hasn't played since October, um, other than, you know, the Bosnia run out. So it, that's another one of those things. He was injured for the last portion of the MLS season, similar to Morris. Morris barely got back. But that's that's just kind of what we're looking at with our with our pools, that just nobody is really playing games. So, uh, so Sargent is the only guy who hasn't had this uninterrupted break of like playing matches. Pepe's going to hopefully get back, but he's, he's played 30 minutes so far since the end of November. Uh, and you know, DK still hasn't, we don't know what he's going to do either. So if match fitness is a big, uh, factor, like it could be Sergeant coming back in yeah. and I wouldn't be bothered. I won't be bothered if he's not there. Yeah. I've talked myself into wanting Sergeant in the camp, uh, with the, the, just the slightest amount of desire, just a tiny, tiny bit. What else? My my hope my hope is still that with with the right midfield in place and like the the midfield cooking the way it can, uh, whichever striker we put up there is going to get the job done. And I'm pretty I'm actually pretty optimistic about that. Certainly for our home games. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have any strong feelings about rotation? I know you you wanna you you wanna get some blowouts, get a blowout against El Salvador, and get somebody on to eat some minutes. Uh. Not really. I, I, I like. I'd be fine running. I'd be fine starting MMA all three games. It's not ideal, but like, unless unless they're like te- their tests are not not uh not coming out very well for that after that first game. Like, I'm I'm actually kind of hopeful. Adams did it in the first window. Miles Robinson did it in the first window. Uh, we guys can do it. So if they're coming into camp healthy. Um, that's kind of what I'm hoping to see. And then you find chances to give them breaks, you know, if a game is settled. So for those three, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, that we do run that engine room the whole time. Uh, the wingers, I think you have to plan some rotation. So I, I don't know, but no, I don't. Do you, do you have like, I want to run, you know, Pulisic and Aronson and then Aronson and Ariola and then Pulisic and Ariola, or what, what are you thinking for any specific rotation? There are, a million different iterations and none of them really bothers me. Um, well, I mean, some of them would bother me, but like, uh, I think Pulisic, I am I'm, I'm more bullish on, on Morris than you are. So I, so I, my initial thought was like, if we're going to play El Salvador, let's, uh, let's do Pulisic and Morris, let more, you know, not to disrespect the opponent, which is what I'm doing, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, let Morris gain his match fitness against Tosso. Yeah, let him let, let him up. let him beat up on on them if he can, and um, you know, De- Desk could be behind him and and kind of tucking in and doing stuff in the in the channel like he likes to do. So I don't know that 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 appeals to me, but I don't I don't feel strongly about it. If it's Pulisic and Aronson starting up top against El Salvador, that's fine. Um. I do think Yedlin for Dest against Canada makes some sense unless, like you said, the forecast for St. Paul really falls off a cliff. And then, um, yeah, Scott, I, I think it, I'm with you. I think it should be Anthony uh, starting all, all the games at left back. If we have yellow card for Tyler Adams in either of the first two games, I do want to see, um, uh, I, I guess it'd be Acosta for him. But I, I, there's a, still a part of me that would like to see Luca Della Torre at some point, um, because there's there's going to be games we have where where Moose and McKinney are not both available, and you know, God forbid that could happen in in this window for some reason or another. So, well, even even if they start all three games, I, I they probably shouldn't go two seventy. So, uh, so even though I was saying like let them go to like that's probably going to be too much. Uh, yeah. So no, I don't. I don't have specific rotations I want to see. Um, I would love, love, love if Jordan Morris is back, back, uh, or even like mostly back, and and we could start him in a World Cup qualifier uh, opposite Pulisic. I think that has a lot of merit with him hugging, hugging wide and desk uh, being able to free to uh, to run to the inside. I think that would be great to see, and I do think that he could bully El Salvador if he's even close uh, to being fully back. So. That would be tremendous news. Uh, I'm just like being conservative with, with my expectations. Well, um, anything else on the roster or because I got two little pieces of housekeeping. Get into the housekeeping. Okay. 
Number one. Th- thanks. Thanks for indulging me with my ridiculous uh, minutes, deep, like deep dive. Oh, no. <laughs> that, thanks for indulging me, Greg. Two pieces of housekeeping are one. Uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's uh, that's where we make money for making this podcast. And uh, and we do appreciate everybody who does support us on Patreon. The other thing is Greg and I are both going to be at the game in St. Paul. Woohoo! And uh, we're still ironing out the the venue for the pre-party, but uh, but we we will have a pre-party, and we will let you know as soon as we have that nailed down. It'll be close. It'll be close to the stadium. It'll be along the Green Line. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see ya.